Look, when you're trying to buy a home, I got to tell you right now, you're probably going to use a lot of four-letter words trying to figure it all out. You're probably even going to scream the F word a lot. No, not that one. FICO! As in your credit score. That's the Fair Isaac Credit Corporation. Who the hell is Isaac? Well, let's talk about it. What is going on, my home purchasing planning peeps? I'm David Sedoni, and this is the How to Buy a Home podcast, your home for legit insider information you're not going to find anywhere else because, unfortunately, no decent realtors are acknowledging your existence or your need for information on how to figure out this whole effing thing. So today, I'm here to talk to you about that F word, FICO. We're going to dive right into some awesome news about your credit score. This is interesting. I know I've been saying it forever that your rent is not doing anything for you, but guess what? Your rent might not be totally worthless. I've talked to you about this before, but I'm going to get deep into it because now it's becoming official. Did you know that currently your rent history does not count on your credit score unless you do something special? Yeah, you know, credit scores suck in so many different ways, but this by far is the worst way. I mean, you pay $1,500, $2,000, $3,500 a month, every single month in rent for a year, two years, three years, five years, but that does squad douche for your credit score. Meanwhile, if you miss a $25 minimum payment on your credit card that you got back in college in the quad, you know, you remember the one that you signed up for because you got it for free because they were going to give you like a Frisbee or a portable phone charger or something. Yeah, that minuscule payment that you missed, which by the way, you're paying 29% interest on, that's the only thing that Mr. Isaac is reporting to determine if you're worthy to be considered in his land of all things credit. Why Isaac is the ruler of that land, I don't know. Yeah, and that $4 utility bill that you had three apartments ago that you had no idea was on your credit score, well, that's going to drop your score. But the fact that you've been paying that monthly rent at thousands of dollars every month, it is not counted. Right now, less than 10% of renters currently see their on-time rental payment history reflected anywhere in their credit scores. But the good news is, that looks like it's about to change. According to a November 4th article in Realtor Magazine, what, you guys don't read that as soon as it comes out? Just me? Well, lucky for you, I am your personal source of information, all things real estate, your dork in your ear holes, and I read this publication along with a whole bunch of others as soon as they get into my mailbox. This article states that Freddie Mac, okay, maybe I should explain to you what Freddie Mac is. Okay, it's really big and complicated financial stuff, but it's important to you moving forward. Here's what it is. Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae are things you need to know about, but really you kind of don't. Unicorn Lander is going to take care of all that for you, but just for your education, this is some new stuff that Freddie Mac said they're going to start counting. Now, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, what they are is their stock-owned government sponsorship enterprises. How about that? They're GSEs, chartered by Congress way back in 1970. And the whole thing was it was supposed to support home ownership for middle-income Americans to help keep the money flowing to all the mortgage lenders and keep our economy going. Now, in turn, that supports home ownership and rental housing for middle-income Americans. Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae won't be the first or last time 
I'm going to do that, or you, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae don't originate or service home mortgages, mortgages themselves. What they do is they buy home loans from banks and other commercial mortgage lenders, giving the institutions the funds that they can use so they can finance more loans. So they're the big bad piece of the whole lending tree, and they kind of set all the rules. And part of that is what they do is they will set certain standards and guidelines. And you'll hear all the time, well, oh, the guidelines changed. Freddie Mac changed this and Fannie Mae set that. What that means is that all the rules of how to buy a house, which is kind of, you know, what the podcast is about here, they're sort of set by those two big entities. So why are there two of them? Well, the main difference between them is that Fannie Mae buys mortgage loans from major retail or commercial banks the big boys, while Freddie Mac obtains its loans from the smaller banks. Pretty cool, huh? I mean, just cool that the, the female named one gets all the big deals. My wife would too. All right. So in English, what it means is they have government oversight to make sure that lending is as close to fair as it can be with all the banks and the bankers as they dish out the money to the banks as long as these banks will abide by the Fannie and Freddie rules. So they set the rules up and tell the banks, you want some of our money? Got to do it our way. And big daddy, Freddie Mac, has finally to start, decided to start telling those banks that it's time that they start to count that one huge payment that you make every month instead of just your credit cards. Freddie announced a new program to help renters Build up your credit profiles and make you seem more credit worthy. That's a fun word I bet you never thought you were going to want to be in your life. Yes, I need to be credit worthy. The initiative provides a means for owners or managers of multifamily properties to report on-time rental payments to the three major credit bureaus. It's TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. Now, this move that they're doing, it's trying to help the portion of 45 million U.S. adults who actually have no credit score. No credit score doesn't mean that you're not credit worthy. It actually means that you're probably pretty responsible and you just haven't taken out credit cards. And maybe you're one of those people who just pays cash so that you make sure you never get in a debt. Well, awesome. That's good for you, but you're not getting a score. But I know you're probably paying rent somewhere. So Freddie Mac wants to make sure that you're starting to get some sort of credit for that. <laughs> credit for credit, get it? Michael DeVito, the CEO of Freddie Mac, he said this, rent payments are often the single largest monthly line item in a family's budget, but paying your rent on time does not show up in a credit report like a mortgage payment. That puts 44 million households who rent at a significant disadvantage when they seek financing for a home, a car, or even an education. While there remains more to do, this is a meaningful step in addressing this age-old problem. That's what Michael DeVito said. Thanks, man. They've actually got some new fancy tech, and that was the big thing that they said when they made this announcement. But beware, because it's tech-related and it's automatic, it will automatically unenroll renters who have missed payments. So... If you're thinking about buying a home and, and you got a rough month, I don't care, beg, borrow, or steal, but do not be late. And just to make sure you understand, it's not that like five-day late, it's the 30-day late that's going to be a big problem for you. Now, the Senior Director of Equity in Multifamily Housing, how's that? It's a big old business card. 
That person at Freddie Mac, whose name I want to butcher, Alexis Sofianos. Yeah, close enough. Here's what Alexis says. At present, the most common way for rents to be reported to credit bureaus is when there is a missed payment that's gone to a collection agency. Freddie Mac wants to flip the script so that renters who pay their rent on time in full each month get credit for doing so while also being while also putting in safeguards for the most most vulnerable. Wow, I couldn't say the last sentence and I don't even know what that is. Safeguards for the most vulnerable. Well, whatever. Focus on the first part. They want to start acknowledging the renters who pay their rent on time in full. Now, in the summer of 2021, I heard about a credit specialist that potentially can do this for you before they made this big announcement here in November 2021. I even mentioned this to you a few years ago in the podcast because I've been hearing about it for a while, but the problem is finding one of those credit specialists, and I'm using my fingers for air quotes, but you can't see it because it's a podcast. A lot of those folks are scamsters, and it's tough to find good ones that because it's a weird business, a lot of the stuff you can do on your own and you're dealing with credit bureaus and it's just really tough to repair your credit and find someone reputable to help you. As I record this today, I am hearing there are some companies that are pretty good companies that will will do this for about 200 bucks. Now, until Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, or no, Freddie Mac was the one who said they were going to do it. Until Freddie Mac starts doing this, and we hear that, yeah, this is happening full time. If you're thinking about doing something in the next three to six months here, end of 2021, beginning of 2022, you might have to, to talk to one of these specialists that can get your historical rent payments counted. As soon as I find out who they are, I will let you guys know. I'll put it on a podcast. I'll put it on my website. And I'll even ask them to come on the show to see how we can make this happen. But the cool thing is I want to let you guys know this is going to be automatic sooner rather than later regular FICO reporting in the future. And that is awesome. It can help you gain gain credit or raise your credit. And, you know, it'll go back as far as two years in history, adding history and good reporting without for anything, as long as you don't have any 30 day lates. So good news. This can be huge for getting more and better options with the type of loan products available to you when you're buying your first home and getting you a better interest rate on your mortgage, higher credit score, more options, and a better rate. It's been reported that this can boost up to 40 points for people with minimal revolving credit, because that means you don't have a lot that they're reporting, but now they're going to acknowledge that you've been a responsible individual and you've been adulting for two years. If you've got one card or just a little bit of credit reporting, you can get big points And when you get those big points, that's going to save you a lot of money or maybe even take you from not being able to qualify to buy a house to being able to buy one in a couple weeks. So this is really exciting and lots of stuff through the podcast where I've talked about some other things, another F word detail with your FICO that I I really want to make sure if you haven't listened to, you go back and check it out. Episode 56, it's an advanced FICO hack. And I just got an email this morning from Dino, the lender extraordinaire who taught me about this technique. And he had a client go from, I think it was a 640 or a 660 to 700 just by using the hack from episode 56. So why is this F word so important? You know, what's the deal with FICO? Well, if you are going to take 
the advice that I've been giving, talking about maybe considering doing lower than a 20% down payment, even though all the old timers are going to freak out and say that you're going to pay PMI or MI, which is private mortgage insurance or mortgage insurance. That's just a little extra payment that the bank makes you do if you're lower than 20%. But I've been screaming from the mountaintop with the low interest rates where they are right now and the market running away from us, you probably should consider getting in with a lower down payment instead of waiting because you can leverage the low interest rates. Now, the whole thing with PMI is you have it until your home reaches 78 to 80% of the loan to value. In other words, when you've got 20 to 22% equity in your home. Now, how do you get equity in your home? You sit in it, you pay your mortgage, and you watch the market go up. That's simple. What you're going to be doing is you're going to sit in a home. If you put 5% down, you have 5% equity because you have a loan on 95% of it. Now, if the house goes up 3 4%, then you're up 8 or 9%. Plus, what you've paid into the house on your principal because you will be making a payment every month. And once you get to that 20 to 22% of equity, you can call them up and you can say, get rid of my PMI. But in the meantime, I've done whole episodes about using that PMI payment to realize that it's still a better value for you to think about purchasing a house than paying your rent. But that PMI payment that I said, that little extra payment that's gonna freak out your grandma and grandpa, it's really low right now because of the interest rate, but it's based solely, your individual payment is based solely on that damn FICO score. Whatever your score is, higher the score, the less that you pay. Now, for those of you who have been looking at your credit on credit sesame karma free credit dot credit com, whatever it is, you probably know your score. Of course, that's not the right score, but you know a score. And the system works in 20 point tiers. You know, you can you can actually get a home loan with as low as 580. You're going to pay the most in PMI and it's going to be hundreds of hundreds of dollars. Now it's going to go up every time you go up 20 points, 580, 600, 620, 640. Each 20 point tier your PMI cost is lower. And if you're above 760, you're basically paying peanuts. And the math means, why would you even put 20% down? If you have it, put 10% down, pay the measly $50 or $60 PMI and keep 10% down payment in the bank. And this is also another reminder, anything above 760 in your FICO score is gravy. So if you're one of those people freaking out, thinking, oh my God, I got to have 800. I just dropped a 795. You're fine. You're fine. You're still 35 points ahead of where you need to be. You don't get less of an interest rate or less of PMI when you're above 760. That's the highest tier. So that's a little intricate way that knowing and that having this higher score and using these hacks can help you save money. But, you know, just know anything you're doing to raise your score, it helps you in so many different ways. Not only does it mean you're going to have a better shot at getting a low interest rate and a lower payment, you're also going to get a better shot at better loan products. And it also means, like I just described, that you're going to have a complete lower payment because you're going to have a lower PMI or MI 
that mortgage insurance because the higher your credit score, then the lower that payment is. It's based solely on your score. And that could mean that you could be buying sooner than saving up 20% down while you're still paying your rent. Despite what your parents and your relatives and Dave Ramsey keep telling you that PMI is the devil, so you got to save up 20%. That is old school. I'm talking school spelled with a K. Way old school. It's simply an antiquated piece of what they like to call safe advice. And what I like to call now outdated and kind of dumb. I'm going to go into this later and deeper in another podcast, and I've kind of touched on it, but waiting for that 20% right now, just mathematically, it doesn't make sense. There's too many things working against it. In a new world of low interest rates, rising inflation, and of course, what we all know about those skyrocketing rents, I mean, they're, they're just, they're going up at a pace that most old savings techniques, if not all of them, they just don't work. The math shows that the advice of waiting percent will it not only will it not build you wealth and hold you back, it, it's probably going to cost you money if you're paying an average rent. You know, while you're trying to save 20% to buy a home someday, you're going to pay the same or often less than your rent with that mortgage payment. And in the meantime, prices are going up, so you're missing the appreciation, and your rents are going to be going up every single year that you're trying to save, going up to the moon. And the final piece of the puzzle is that borrowing money right now, it's the cheapest in history. So even though prices have been going up since 2012, the affordability of homes is still relatively low because the affordability is based on your monthly payment and the monthly payment is based on the interest rate and the interest rate is low. That doesn't compute for you. I get it. It's a lot, especially if you've never thought about this stuff. But if it does then work your credit up and be sure that you have a bigger plan besides I'm just going to pay off everything and then I'll start saving. With good credit, you can actually keep some of your debt and still make a smart and safe purchase in the historically safe realm of housing. And you do that to offset the large monthly payment, that output that you do every single month. Because the sooner you start putting it towards yourself instead of your landlord, the earlier you start growing your wealth. So you can do that, start that process, get more wealth in the long haul while you continue to pay off some of your debt. This philosophy, which can be greatly helped with a good credit score, it's all part of my current mission. The main goal with me is to make, you know, for the next two or three years while the market is still moving... I want to be sure that everyone who has a savings plan working to buy a home is that they take into account the rising appreciation number and the rising interest rate numbers. And you pack that all into your equation. The bottom line is the math shows that for most people, the sooner you can do it, the better due to potential equity gains and also to secure the lowest interest rate for monthly payments. The savings you get by taking advantage of getting in and catching some appreciation and getting the low interest rates before they go up, that's going to offset most conservative saving plans that are safe and they are safe and they'll end up being safe, but it's going to cost you money and you have the potential to provide more income and more security for yourself by getting into an asset that you're going to live in for the next few decades. 
One of the things I tell people all the time is when you're working on your credit, make sure that you're working on your debt reduction and your savings. It sounds crazy. It doesn't sound crazy. This is just the way it is. You need to work everything all at the same time. Credit, saving, debt reduction, talking to a lender, starting to look at neighborhoods. If you do it all at the same time, all the pieces of the puzzle will be there. I have so many people that do four of the five steps and then they get there and they go, oh, wait a minute, I had this thing on my credit I didn't know about. Or they go, oh no, this, this big loan I have is going to cause me a problem. Or, well, we got everything all set, but then we found out the neighborhood we wanted just is, is now everything there just sold and we could have done it last month. So when you prepare, prepare everything at the same time. You know, oh, here it is. I actually have this in my notes right here. Yeah, someone who tried the personal loan thing that I was talking about from episode 56, the credit did go from 640 to 700 in the last few months. So by using that magic trick, they upped their credit score and now they're available to move forward and now they have more options. They had their savings in place. They had their debt in place. They knew what they wanted to do. The only thing they needed was their credit. And most people think credit takes time and it does. But with this trick, now they're all ready to go. It's an advanced magic trick. It's not for everyone, but you might be surprised. This listener was actually surprised at how large a loan they were offered. Yeah, the personal loans out there, they're offering huge loans at decent rates. And there's a hack that'll help you out and it'll increase your available credit because you're going to pay off those credit cards, not close them, just pay them off. And you're going to see huge savings because you're going to have a lower monthly payment. Now, speaking of magic, can't talk about the F word without talking about the magic trick for your credit score. Authorized user. Said it before, I'll say it again. It's absolutely the most underutilized hack, trick, tip, tool, technique, just a bitchin' thing you should do. It is the most underutilized credit hack. It's very simple. Credit history is a big part of your credit pie. If you Google it and you go online to look at the pie chart, credit history is 15%. So one thing you can't do anything about, you can't increase the years that you've been alive, right? <laughs> you can't make time go faster and get more credit history on your current credit cards. But you can so simply add 10, 20, 30, 40 years of credit by being added to someone else's card being an authorized user on someone else's card. You can, and it will not affect the person's credit. And as I said before, I did it with my dad. I had to explain it to him in multiple different phone calls that it would not affect his credit. I still to this day think he doesn't believe me, but he did it anyway. It will not affect their credit. I got 35 years of credit history. My dad's in no danger. It has does nothing to his credit score. And my score went up, I think around 40 points. I'm just an authorized user on his card. And that one card is the only way that I get got connected to him. So I explained to him, you're, you know, this is the way to do it, dad. I get huge history. So if you've got parents or even better grandparents, oh, or if you and a partner are trying to do this together, one of you's had a long history of credit and the other one doesn't, well, you're gotta take the lower score when you do a mortgage. Did you hear me, folks? You have to take the lower score. So if two of you are buying a house, the low score is what you get, not an average. So become an authorized user on the one with a decent credit and 
pump up those scores. You don't ever have to get a credit card. All you get is their great credit history. Now, if I miss payments on my card, has nothing to do with me being on dad's card. That just means my score goes down a little bit. He's not affecting any way because I never use the card that I got authorized on. It's just there. That's it. The authorized user, it's magic. I've talked about this in other podcasts. If you have questions about it, just reach out to me. But I'm telling you, this is a huge magic trick. And it helps you with the awful, awful F word. All right, so we've learned that you can use your rental history, hopefully in the very near future, to your advantage and grow your credit score. We've also learned that you can use friends or families, older credit history to grow your credit score. And we've learned that your credit score will affect how much or how little you need to make in a monthly housing payment. And figuring out how to make that number manageable, that's the most important thing I can tell you in all the episodes of my podcast. How do you make your monthly payment manageable? You have to know all the secrets and the things you could do to make it happen and get it to the price that you're comfortable with. That's the starting point, gang. It's not fun. It's not sexy, like I like to say. It's not super exciting. And I know it sounds weird, but people come to the podcast all the time and they're really excited to hear about all the ins and outs of buying a house, the HGTV on the brain. They want to know about inspections and appraisals and down payment options, loan options, how to write an offer, bidding wars and tax benefits and creative math and financial help, down payment assistance, picking the right realtor and lender, you want market updates and forecasts and trends, and you want to know how do I shop for a home on the internet. You're asking me all the time, give me the tips, the tricks, the tools, the insights, the secrets, and all the hacks. Well, guess what? If you're looking for all the stuff I've learned over 15 years and the thousands of first-time buyer transactions and referrals that I've helped with, wait, I have done that. It's all in the podcast. But today, since we're talking about credit, I want you guys to focus on the big, well, it's not really a secret, but it's the big trick to this process. No matter what kind of market we're in, but especially in a rising price and interest rate market like the one we're in at the end of 2021, the sooner that you believe in yourself and you realize that you want to do this and you're going to do this, then it's no longer if you can buy a house, it's when you can buy a house. Then here's the big trick. Great, you can learn about all the stuff that I mentioned the inspections, appraisals, and loan options, and market updates. Great. Listen to all that. Learn all that. That's wonderful. But that's learning passively so you're ready. The big thing you need to do is start today to prepare. I said, I, you know, I talked about all those things. You can go back and listen. But if you go back and you listen to where I interview people who did this, all the listeners that came on the podcast, you're going to start to hear a common theme with them. Planning planning and preparing. Listening and learning about all that other stuff is great and you won't be so freaked out, but planning and preparing is something you can do every single day so you can do this sooner, better, and with more options. Look, you're here. You're listening to me. You're going to do this. Why on earth would you have me in your ear holes when there are so many other entertaining options out there? All right, you want to do this, so let me give you some big advice for your sacrifice to have to listen to me while you're on the treadmill or walking the dog. You obviously have a desperate desire to learn. The more that you plan, the better prepared you are for when you do this, the more options that you have. Go back, listen to those listeners who've done it. 
Some of them had to squeeze into their home and barely got it done at the last minute because they didn't prepare correctly, but they still got it done. So if you're not going to go out and look at homes this weekend and start writing offers, you can this week be preparing so that when you do go looking, you'll be in a position with more leverage, more options, different ways to do it. Save more, get your credit higher, know your loan options, know your buying options. Are you looking at condos, townhomes, houses, fixers, turnkey homes versus fixer homes? What are the price differences? Prepare for it all. And you're going to have far more and far better options, different ways to do the trigger. So if you find something that you really want to do, you'll be able to maybe stretch a little bit and make it happen. Yes, you can do this. And you will have some difficult moments, but you know, there's no way you're not going to have crazy difficult times, but I can tell you this, you'll reduce the number of them by preparing all of it, the credit, the saving, the debt reduction, the research, you prepare for all of it at the same time. You have to do it all at once. And the longer that you prepare, in other words, the earlier that you start, the better position you're going to be in. So use all these episodes to be prepared and trust me, no matter how many hours of blabbering I lay down on the podcast, you're still going to have a wild ride for the first home. That first home purchase, I should say. It's still going to have some bumps that I've never even heard of. Happens every single time. Don't try to download my knowledge and then jump behind the wheel and drive this car. Don't think you got it. Yeah, like, okay, so if I extend that metaphor, the car that, of, that you think you can listen to me and jump behind the wheel and drive, it's not like a car that you've ever driven. But a great unicorn team of a realtor and a lender, we have driven this crazy, souped-up, high-performance machine every day. And those unicorn folks can help you on several fronts before you're ready to look at homes. We, the, the unicorns of the realty world who really care about first-time buyers, we know while we are driving and we're, you're in the passenger seat, we know that there's no way it's going to be an oval track every time. We know the track's never going to be the same. Sometimes there's going to be some random enemy artillery being shot at us while we drive, or there'll be, you know, non-paved roads or quicksand or, I don't know, aliens shooting at us from the side of the road while we're running out of gas and we need four new tires. That's what it can feel like sometimes. When we get in the car and drive, it's not up to you to be behind the wheel. It's your first race. You can't be expected to know how to handle this rocket of a car while we're driving. You don't know how to evade the potholes, you know, the quicksand, the jello on the road, or the devious sellers and realtors, because they're out there. The reason I tell you all these secrets and want you to prepare is not so you can jump behind the wheel and drive. It's so that when you're sitting in the passenger seat, it's not such a surprise to you. And you're not sitting there freaking out while you're going on this death ride. I'm preparing you to be that passenger. And if you prepare your credit, your savings, your tax returns, your debt, your loan options, well, then we're going to have an easier route to drive. If you're prepared well, it's like we took the shortcut at the fork in the road. Yeah, I can finish the track on the left. It's bumpy and a lot of crazy stuff out there. But if we're all set, I could turn the car to the right and then we can cruise on home. Get it? Cruise on home because we're trying to buy a home. Okay, so as a reminder for you, if 
You're ready for the free advice on how to plan. Cool. This is why I started the whole podcast. About 25% of the realtors and the agents, whatever you want to call them out there, about 25% of them are experienced realtors and agents, and they still like to work with first-time homebuyers. I've even found some teams out there. I know I've told you before, I've warned you about the teams. They're going to pass you off to the rookies and the novice people, and you're going to get really crappy service. Well, I have found some unicorn teams that have helped several listeners buy houses because why? Oh, they did the crazy thing of training their buyer's agents correctly. (gasps) Oh my God, unheard of. I know they're there and some of their buyer's agents have actually chosen just to be buyer's agents and the whole team works together. It's a great, great position for you as a first time buyer because you're You're walking into an entire team that wants to be behind you. And the other goal is to get you to that other 25% of realtors out there who are experienced, but they work with a few first-time buyers throughout the year because they have a relationship-based business. They're not just looking at you like a number. So if you're out there and you're ready to work with the best and find an an agent or a team with a great unicorn vibes, then uh, these folks, they're there and they're going to help you and they're going to help you plan for free, however long it takes. That's the big difference. So you want one of those teams, email me, text me, DM me, david at howtobuyahome.com. I'm working on the site right now, so you can always try david at davidsedoni.com. Ask me for a unicorn in your area. We got a couple hundred, I think I got 187 people working with unicorns right now. About 15 people getting ready to close this month. That's awesome. And then you can increase your options and potentials. And you can go from an if you can do it to when are you going to do this? Listening's passive. Reaching out, that's the action step. I'm stoked that all of you are doing all these things on your own, but I'm trying to help you all realize that I'm giving you the secret hack. You can find a unicorn team that's going to help you for free. They're going to give you the roadmap. We all know the unicorns know that we're going to get paid someday. So there is no catch. You know, we'll work for free for a long time. We know you'll be cool. Maybe you'll perhaps text this podcast to your friends who need help with their credit. That's cool because then I get to know another person. They keep listening and eventually things work out. We know that we work for free for a long time. You could be in a big lease. Maybe we got to go to the end of your lease six months or even a year or two. Well, during that whole time, if you're enjoying working with a realtor team that's giving you attention... You might not be closing on a deal and helping them get paid, but you're probably going to go to your friends. Dude, this dude is dope. He actually gives a crap about me. And even though he, she, they don't get paid till I get the keys next year, they're helping me out. That's it. No tricks. Some realtors live by this and they're out there. Not all of them. And definitely not many of the ones that work with first time home buyers, (laughs) Uh, but the unicorns do. And the unicorns are out there. They're not easy to find but they're there. That's why they're called unicorns. And you only do this once and it costs you nothing. Even when you close, it costs you nothing. Seller pays for your realtor, unicorn or not. So don't try to drive that car on your own and don't try to prepare on your own. I promise I'm going to keep giving you all the information you could ever want. And for you more passive listeners out there waiting to call, text, DM, or email me, no worries. I'm going to keep spitting this stuff out. But the longer you wait for professional guidance, the less prepared you're going to be when it's time to write offers and the less options that you're going to have. You still might do it and you still might get that home. But with professional preparation, you can do it better, cheaper and easier. You're still here. You're still listening. 
Unless you fell asleep and the podcast is by your head. That's weird. Get me out of your bed. But if you're on the treadmill, if you're driving to work, if you're biking to work, you're still here, you're still listening, you want to do this. So the moral for today, do it right. Because yeah, you can do this.